I'm Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of the San Francisco Chronicle, and you're listening to Fifth and Mission. On Wednesday, Governor Gavin Newsom took a step toward reopening the state of California by allowing the resumption of non-essential surgeries. It's another sign that the state avoided the worst possible coronavirus scenario, which would have been a completely overwhelmed healthcare system. So-called elective surgeries, even ones that seem as critical as brain surgery, are a major part of normal hospital operations, but they were paused over the last few weeks to make sure those hospitals had capacity to deal with the possible overload of patients dying from coronavirus. Now that seems like a precaution that's no longer needed, and hospitals that lost money due to delaying surgeries, they can start rescheduling them. It may be a tiny step toward reopening the state, but a critical one. So that was the good news from the governor. Here's the not as good news. Newsom also dramatically increased his assessment of how many people must be tested each day in California before the state can fully reopen. And joining me to discuss the governor's position is Catherine Ho. So Catherine, last week, uh, the governor said we would need to test 25,000 people a day for the state to reopen. He revised that number today. So what's he saying now? Uh, Governor Newsom is now saying we need to test at least 60,000 people a day, um, between 60,000 and 80,000 people a day, which is much more than what he said um, as recently as last week. Yeah, that's that's a pretty dramatic change over just a few days. Why why did he change it? So it's interesting. When, when he came out with the 25,000 number, he didn't really explain where it came from. So we were a little... Um, I mean, I'm sure it came from somewhere, but they didn't really share that uh, publicly. And when they kind of upped that goal today, um, it came out of this uh, Harvard estimate where they looked at um, how many daily tests were needed in the entire United States in order to safely reopen. And so California's figure is in line with um, with what the Harvard researchers came up and, with. And they said basically you need about 150 or so for every 100,000 people. So for for the entire country to reopen. So that's where they get this range of 60 to 80,000. So where are we right now? So right now we're testing about 16,000 people a day. So that's not enough for me to get out of my home isolation. <laughs> that's a, that's no, a huge <laughs> increase, a huge increase. Uh, so, so we are only at a fraction of what we need to get to. What is the governor saying that he's doing to get us to the 60 to 80,000 tests? So we're opening up a lot of new sites across the state, a lot of new testing sites. So right now we have about 600 in California, um, but only about 250 of them are doing the bulk of the testing. And so the plan now is to add 86 more sites, um, and those will be concentrated in in areas that the governor called uh, quote-unquote testing desert. So this is in rural areas um, and kind of poor uh, urban communities that have had very limited access to testing so far um, where the need is the greatest now. Why Do you know why that is that that's a place where they would focus? Because you would think if those areas were, if they had a lot of cases, they'd have a lot of hospitalizations too. And that doesn't necessarily seem to be happening in the state. So why not put more testing in more urban areas? 
Um, I think that, I'm not sure. I think that's a good question. But I, the thinking may be that um, even though there aren't a lot of hospitalizations in those areas, there's there may be a lot of sick people who aren't sick enough to be hospitalized, which is would still be a lot of people um, who aren't being captured uh, in the testing figures right now. And we still do. I mean, we have a lot of testing sites, but as you say, they're not all doing a lot of tests. How do we increase the number of tests that the, that, that all sites are doing? Uh, so I think a couple things. I think one big thing is um, all testing sites and labs need to get more swabs. So these swabs are these like cheap plastic, um, they're not quite Q-tips, but um, they get stuck up your nose or down your throat uh, when you're getting tested. And then they put that um, in a tube and send it off to the lab. So there's been this global shortage of swabs, like every lab you talk to, every lab director. I mean, it's like, almost impossible right now to be getting um, swabs. Like you really, really have to try a lot of suppliers around the world, it seems. Um, And even then you can only order, you know, a few thousand at a time and you're going to have to, you know, re-up that in a few weeks. So that's been one of the big challenges. Um, I think another challenge is um, broadening the testing criteria. So right now a lot of sites... um, are uh, you have to get a doctor's order to get a test. Um, a lot of sites are prioritizing healthcare workers and first responders, which, um, you know, it makes sense to do that because they're kind of in higher risk settings. Um, but I think in order to test as many people as we want to, we're just going to have to open that up more. Uh, and but But I think they're reluctant to do that um, because we don't quite have as many supplies uh, as we need to to be able to test that many people. Right. I, I, I just read a story about how some local U.S. suppliers are um, upping their production of these critical swabs, um, which will help, but it but it takes a few weeks to increase production to the point where we need it. The, uh, the governor said the president has also committed to giving some extra swabs to the state of California. That's right. Um, Newsom said uh, this afternoon that he got off the phone with President Trump today and the White House uh, had committed to sending 100,000 swabs to California this week and 250,000 swabs next week and uh, hopefully more the week after that. So um, I think that's, you know, that's a good sign. That's a significant number of swabs. Um, But I also think when you think of the number of testing sites we have, um, you know, that doesn't necessarily get us that far if you kind of divide up those swabs among the hundreds of testing sites. And if each each of those sites is doing, you know, dozens or hundreds of tests a day or trying to, um, those swabs will go very quickly. Yeah, it's definitely better than nothing, but it's not going to get us to the, the 60,000 threshold that that the governor said we needed to get to. We've discussed testing a few times, I feel like a few times, uh, even in the last couple of days on this podcast. And the other issue besides the tests themselves is this backlog. So uh, did the governor address the backlog today or is he just talking about like we need to get to this testing number? Um, He focused mostly on just the testing number, um, but the backlog has been this kind of persistent issue uh, in California. It has gotten a little bit better over time. Um, 
you know, I think as recently as a few weeks ago, it was almost 60,000 tests that were that we were waiting on results for. And today it's about 7,000. Uh, but that 7,000 has also not really budged um, the last week or so. Um, and so, I mean, I think these problems are all related. You know, I think the more uh, lab capacity you have to do these tests quickly, um, the smaller the backlog will be. I'm speaking to health reporter Catherine Ho about Governor Newsom's declaration today that the state needs to get to testing 60,000 Californians for us to reopen the state. I want to talk about the other barriers to getting to that number and when we might be able to reach it after this break. Catherine, before we went to break, we were talking about the barriers to getting to this higher testing numbers, but it's not just the swabs that are lacking. They're they're starting to run out of other supplies, too. What else do they need to ramp up testing? Um, So labs need these chemical reagents to process the test. That's um, been running low as well. Um, Vials, tubes, uh, basically every you know, item you can think of from start to finish of uh, swabbing someone and then, you know, shipping it off to a lab and then the lab processing it. There's shortages all along the way. And are there plans to deal with those right now too? Yeah, some labs are actually experimenting with how to make their own reagents um, instead of obtaining them from kind of their usual places. Um, And I think that's the main... uh, and, and then similarly with swabs, I think with the tubes and vials, they're also trying to source them from um, alternative suppliers. So if we had all of the materials, let's just say we we don't have this supply chain shortage, we have all the materials, uh, there's no shortages. Right now, if we had the raw materials, how many tests could we do in California every day? So Newsom said today, uh, if we had everything we needed, we could do about 95,000 tests a day. Well, that seems like good news because that's well above the threshold that he sent or that he stated today. Um, are, are there any any guess as to when these supply systems, these these issues can be resolved? If, if we have the capacity to do these tests but not the materials, when do we think we'll get to that number of 60,000 tests a day? You know, that's really hard to say. Um, I think it'll depend on how these supply chain problems uh, get worked out. You know, so for instance, last week, um, the state said that they were looking at 3D printing swaps. And so there are some other states, I think Nevada is already... um, they're a little further along in that process. But, you know, if that, you know, works well, that could be one, you know, potential solution there. And if you can scale that up, that could kind of quicken uh, the timeline. But Newsom was very careful today in, um, in not giving a date for reopening, I think, because we just don't know when when these supply problems are going to be solved. Um, if they, I mean, I, I guess eventually they'll have to be. Um, but the stuff is moving so quickly, it's really hard to pin down a date. So that this all seems to be for full reopening and we go back to something that approaches normal. Are there smaller steps that we can take in the meantime, like his decision to um, allow non-essential surgeries? Are there more of those little steps planned as we work up towards 60,000 tests a day? 
Yeah, I think, um, well, we've already seen some testing sites start to open up a little bit more to more people, um, especially the essential workers. So like, you know, grocery store workers, people who right now um, can't work at home and have to go and interact with the public uh, when they are at their jobs. So I think, you know, testing um, those people and then retesting them, you know, because one one diagnostic test is only telling you at that moment in time, whether uh, whether you have coronavirus or not. And it doesn't necessarily tell you, you know, you could sh- take a test the next day and have it because, you know, the virus is more present in your uh, nasal sample. So I think we just need to test more people to kind of figure out the best time, you know, to test people and y- use that to, um, you know, figure out how to, how to scale that up to uh, statewide. The the other test that we haven't yet talked about, but that I think a lot of people are very curious as to when they'll have access to it, are these serology tests. So where are we in making those more readily available? Yeah, so these antibody tests have gotten a lot of attention lately. Um, the issue there is there are tons of companies that have now come out with these tests, um, and there have been quite a few uh, false positives. And that's concerning because, um, you know, you don't want someone taking the test, seeing that they, you know, test positive for antibodies, assume they're immune, which, you know, antibodies don't necessarily mean you're immune and you can't be reinfected. Um, so I think uh, once the accuracy of these tests um, improves, they will start using them um, at, at a broader level level to test uh, pockets of people, you know, larger communities. There's already some efforts um, underway by UCSF to test um, a community in Bolinas uh, and also something similar in the mission in San Francisco. Um, But in terms of like using these antibody tests for everybody, they're just not, um, the tests aren't good enough yet to to do that. Well, this is Good news and bad news. I'm not really sure how to take any of this, cat. But um, I, my last question for you is, like, how who oversees these testing sites and these labs? And who are going to be running them? Is this a state project? Are they private labs? Um, are we relying on private companies? Do they get state oversight? Like, how does that part work? And who's going to be held accountable for getting to this number? Yeah, so they're all over the place. So, you know, some of the biggest testing sites have been uh, kind of the big healthcare providers. So like Kaiser Permanente, for example, um, Sutter is doing a lot of testing. Sutter is a big hospital system. Um, San Francisco has partnered with um, some tech companies to set up testing sites for San Francisco residents. So like One Medical, you know, which is um, the primary care company and Verily, which is part of the Google family. Um, I mean, ultimately, all the sites do report their info to the state. And the state um, has created this testing task force to kind of coordinate, um, you know, where to direct resources uh, in terms of testing to the most needed areas. So I think it's like this massive joint effort. It's ultimately the state, um, but there are a lot of big Players right now, you know, tech companies, hospital systems, um, county public health departments are doing a lot of t- testing. So it's 
really kind of all over the place. Well, the, it seems there's a lot of money to potentially be made when you when you need something and can ramp ramp up your company to take advantage of it. Uh, that that always attracts some some level of interest from the for profit healthcare companies, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes, you know, the the for-profit companies are the ones with the most resources and they seem to be able to uh, track down, you know, suppliers that public health departments haven't been able to. And so, you know, that works out well when they partner with public health departments, but you also kind of wonder, where are you getting your stuff from (laughs) that other people can't seem to? Yeah, I think that's a great question for another podcast. Catherine, thank you for being with me today. Thank you. I'd like to thank Catherine Ho for being with me today. Thanks to Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. Fifth Emission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.